सहनावतो सहनो घनतो सहवेयं करवावहै तेजस्विनावधीतमस्तुमा विद्विषावहै ओम शांतिशांतिशांतिः from the second verse Shri Bhagavan Vacha Kamyanam Karmananyasam Sanyasam Kavayo Viduhu Sanyasam Kavayo Viduhu Sarva Karma Palatyagam Sarva Karma Palatyagam Prahustyagam vichakshanaha Prahustyagam vichakshanaha Tyajyam doshavadityeke Tyajyam doshavadityeke Karma prahurmanishinaha Karma prahurmanishinaha Yajnidhanatapah karma Yajnidhanatapah karma Natyajyam idichapare Nashtyajyamidhichapare Nishchayam shrunume tatra Nishchayam shrunume tatra Tyage bharata sattama Tyage bharata sattama Tyago hipurusha vyagra Tyago hipurusha vyagra Trividhasam prakirtitah Trividhasam prakirtitah so now Lord Krishna proceeds to explain the rahasya, the real secret of what is meant by renunciation. And in so doing, first of all, the position of some thinkers has been presented in the third verse. karma prahur eke prahuhu. There are certain thinkers who say, wise people say, thinkers who say that action is inherently defective. Action is inherently beset with, with evil and therefore a spiritual aspirant must give up action altogether. <coughs> Meaning they do not look upon, they are the pursuers of knowledge, sankhyas, and they believe that for pursuit of knowledge in fact karma or the action has no contribution to make, in fact it is an obstacle. This is how they see. Yajnidanatapah <coughs> karma other thinkers think that no, in fact karma or the action has an important role to play in the self-growth of the person in preparation for the knowledge. <coughs> so understanding the scheme of Bhagavad Gita is that action is a means of knowledge. Action creates the right preparation for jignyasa or for the desire to knowledge, of knowledge to take place and then one pursues the knowledge. This is the sequence. And so, in accordance with that, other thinkers say that yajnidhanatapah karma, the action that are called yajna, that means the worship, dhanam, which is charity, and tapah, the austerities, this should be performed. This is what other thinkers say. Nishyam shrunamitatra tyage bharata sattama. Oh, most excellent among the, among the bharatas, here Arjuna. <coughs> Listen to my from conclusion regarding what is called Tyaga or renunciation, 
But Lord Krishna doesn't say what his conclusion is in this verse. Tyagohi Purusha Vyagra Trividaha Samprakirtitaha That before I can tell you about Tyaga or renunciation, understand that renunciation is threefold. <coughs> in this chapter, Lord Krishna is going to describe many of the categories as threefold. And so also, the renunciation also is threefold. <coughs> before explaining the threefold renunciation, Lord Krishna gives, so two things are said. Nishyam Shunamitatra Tyage Bhartasattama. Here, Arjuna, listen to my firm conviction regarding the renunciation. That's one. And secondly, here, Arjuna, understand that this renunciation is threefold. So, two things the Lord Krishna has to say. So, what is his conclusion or firm con- conclusion that he has to say? And in what way is the renunciation threefold? That also has to be said. And so, in next two verses, Lord Krishna gives us the firm conclusion that he has with reference to what is meant by renunciation. <coughs> so the fifth verse tells us, Yajnyadana tapah karma Yajnyadana tapah karma Natyajyam karyamevatata Natyajyam karyamevatata Yajnyodanam tapaschaiva Yajnyodanam tapaschaiva Pavanani manishinam Pavanani manishinam Yajnidana tapah karma natyajyam This karma which is called yajna, the practice of sacrifice or the worship. Dhanam, the charity, and tapaha, the austerity. Natyajyam, this should not be given up by a spiritual aspirant. Should not be given up. In fact, it must definitely be performed. Now, once you say it should not be given up, means should be performed. There is no need to say they should not be given up, but performed, you know. So, Lord Krishna seems to repeat himself. The karma or the action that is, that is called the worship, and that is the charity, and that is austerity, that should not be given up. Then what should you do with it? You must in fact perform it. Karyam <coughs> that is something. Karyam. Karyam is that which should be done. Karyam means that which should be done. Here Arjuna in fact they should be done. <coughs> so why should we do them? Because Yajnyodanam Tapasseva Pavanani Manishinam. Because Yajna Dana and Tapaha, as I said, these represent all the nitya, namely karma, all the daily and incidental obligatory duties are represented by these three, the worship, the charity and the austerity. These in fact represent all the duties that are enjoined upon a person. That means that all the enjoined duties must be performed. But primarily these three things are identified here, but these are the three most important things that should be there in the life of a householder or in anybody's life for that matter. That there must be the worship of the God. Should be there. Recognition, recognizing that, in fact, different kinds of yajnas are being said. This we are discussing the topic of karma yoga. And but the Vedas say that there should be different kinds of sacrifices or forms of worship in the life of a human being. And thus, they talk about the five kinds of yajna or five kinds, five forms of worship which every human being should have to perform every day. Daily. And, and that is the worship of, so, 
As we have said, the reason is that, as the Vedas say, this universe consists of five kinds of living beings. The human beings are one living beings on the earth. The gods are the other human beings, uh, other living beings in the heavens. And Pitrus are the departed souls, are the third living being in the world of mains, Pitruloka. And Rishis are the sages, are the fourth living beings. And other human beings and creatures around us are the fifth kind of living beings. So these are the different kinds of, five kinds of Chetana, the conscious living beings are there. And that a human being constantly receives support from all these five kinds of beings and therefore in his life also there must be a recognition for the well-being of these five. Therefore, five yajnas or five forms of offerings are to perform every day. How do you please the sages and the teachers? By reciting the scriptures. By reciting the scriptures, by learning them, reciting them and passing them on. Which means that there must be knowledge, pursuit of knowledge in the life of everyone because that is what will satisfy the sages and the teachers who have, who have given us this storehouse of knowledge. How do you uh, worship the, the parents or departed souls? By making offerings to them as, as, as stated in the scriptures. <coughs> Apparently the offerings made here, they reach the, these lows living in the Pitruloka in the world of mains also. However, that's again a matter of faith. How can it be, Swamiji, that you do something here and which is there? Like the gift subscription, as we call it, you know. So I, in fact, I pay the subscription and somebody else gets the magazine. In a way similar to that, I perform a certain ritual and someone else gets the benefit of that. And so, things should be performed for the benefit of, so some rituals must be performed for the benefit of departed souls. So this is, they are dependent upon us. So when they were alive, they took care of us. Now that they are departed, they are dependent upon us that we do something here in order to support them there. <coughs> a recognition that they also have a place in our life. A recognition that the sages and the teacher also should have a place in our life. A recognition that all the gods also should have a place in our life. Because they also, God, God in the form of different elements of nature, they also constantly support us. The earth supports us, nourishes us, the sun illumines our path, the water quenches our thirst, the fire keeps us warm. All the elements constantly uh, help us, serve us. Looks like the whole universe is meant to only serve the human being, looks like it. That's how the Vedas seem to look at it. Human being is the center of the whole universe and the whole universe in fact serves him and therefore should also be served by him in turn. Therefore, devatas and gods, worship of gods also should be there. And worship involves making offerings to them. In those days, the worship was fire rituals where we are making offerings to gods which were, who were invoked in the fire. Or you can make, perform acts of worship, making offerings in different ways. Not only food is offering, you recite prayers and hymns and all this. So all of these different kinds of offerings made to gods. So they are happy. And then uh, other human beings, so in the society also do their work, like the farmers and merchants and many people, and because of which what we get what we need, and therefore a place for them in our life also. And therefore this charity, or giving food to the hungry, and giving, you know, shelter to those who are in need of that, 
So giving food and shelter to the needy also is looked upon as one of the duties of a person, a householder in particular. <coughs> and also offering food to, the, to animals and creatures who are around, so that's also supporting them also, because they also have a role to play in our life. Like the trees also have a role to play in our life, they give out oxygen and take away carbon dioxide. And I guess in some way or the other, all the insects and creatures, directly or indirectly, in some way contribute in our life. I, you know, it's a matter of perhaps discovering how. Swami, what do the mosquitoes do for us? I don't know what they do for us. Something they must be doing. The reason why mosquitoes are there, there must be some reason why they are there. There was some reason. And therefore, in some way or the other, they must be doing something for us. I don't know. If nothing else, I guess, by biting somebody whom I do not like, whatever, you know, in some ways, you know, whatever it is. So, they, they contribute in some way. <clears throat> and therefore, we support the creatures also. It is this awareness, this recognition, the sensitivity, the sense of gratitude, that I am what I am on account of the support that I am receiving from the rest of the world. So all the world consisting of these five kinds of living beings, they look up to the human beings. So Bhruvaranika Upanishad says that when the human being does perform these five forms of worship, this is to be done every day. Then all those living beings are happy and they in turn take care of him. Like I, I take care of my body, my body takes care of me. And so I take care of them, they take care of me. There is a mutual dependence here. Devan bhavetanena te devaha bhavantuha. In the third chapter we were told that may you propitiate the gods and all the other people and they in turn will also nourish you. This is how a mutual support system. <coughs> we should recognize that. And Lord Krishna said that the person who keeps on receiving the benefits from this, from the universal scheme without returning the benefit is a thief. In his books not in the local books, and we can get away, but from his books we cannot get away. So one who keeps on deriving the benefit, he keeps on breathing air, and drinking water, and walking on the earth, and, and using the you know, illumination of the sun, all of these benefit he derives, benefits he derives, without doing anything for his elements. So that's the reason why a typical form of worship involves all the elements also. A typical worship involves all these elements. And so when we ring the bells, or when we recite the mantras and we chant, that is all, that is all shabda, the sound, and that is a purification of the element space. And when we offer the food, that is taste, that is for the element water. And when we offer incense, you know, that is the element earth, that is the smell. And so thus, all the elements are involved when you perform the worship. So therefore the Hindus are crazy people, they even worship the rivers. What is that to worship in the river? In water you throw things? And so once we are performing the worship of the river, and we are offering milk and things like that, and some western people happen to be there and Rishikesh are watching, aghast, so what are you doing? And we look, we offer some ornaments, and some clothes. So what is he doing? Throwing ornaments in water? Milk into water? Yeah, I guess you can say that. Just as people say that when you are performing the yajna, yaga, fire rituals, what are you doing? You are putting, you know, you are putting ghee and all the food into the fire and turning it to ash. It would have been much better had it been given to some hungry people, poor people. Maybe right. 
But after all, when we take our dip in the river, and when you, it's our duty also to contribute something to the purification of the river. And so purification of all, you see, this is an ecological system. It's recognized that we derive benefits from all the various elements of nature, and therefore, whatever we do in our life must have recognition of this, and some contribution to the well-being of these elements also, who are looked upon as devatas. So, this is the sensitivity. So, this is called yajna. The idea is that this spirit of worship must be there. And this comes from the sense of recognition and also a sense of gratitude that arises in me on account of recognizing the, the privilege that I am enjoying. That I am enjoying privileges and therefore there must be a return of the favor. So, this yajna must be there. Dhanam, the charity must be there. That there are people who are needier than you are. In Bhagavad Gita, I, call, I mean actually, if you say, fine, uh, you can read this in the verses that Lord Krishna thinks that there is no such thing as, as, as private property. Whatever wealth is there is all public wealth. It belongs Kasya Dhanam. So, Ishasa Upanishad says, Magrudaha Kasya Dhanam. Do not covet anybody's wealth. Kasya Dhanam. Whose wealth it is? Nobody's wealth. It belongs all to God. Kasya. Ka means Brahman. Kasya means Brahmana, and so the wealth belongs to Lord, and therefore, so you become just a medium of receiving it and distributing it, and therefore, dhanam, the charity must be there. They do not like the accumulation and, and storing, and you know, for the seven generations to come, they want that you certainly make, you earn money, <coughs> and become a, a, a vehicle or a channel of passing on to those who are needy. <coughs> and tapaha, the austerity. Let your life be as simple as possible. Make your demands as few as possible. So this is tapaha or austerity. So this is what is enjoined by the scriptures. And this is what a, a, a conscientious person, this is the life he lives. Natyajyam, here Juna, this should not be given up. this must be done. Yajnyodanam tapasseva pavanani manishanam Because pavanani, they have the purifying effect. <coughs> And so, this, what is purification? Purification of the mind. So we need two, two things to happen with our mind. One is whatever negative tendencies are there, they should go. And positive tendencies should come also. That is called purification. Removal of negative tendencies and planting the positive tendencies. This is called the so these negative tendencies such as likes and dislikes, anger, greed, etc. So they are the very obstacles to the to the knowledge. And therefore, all those things that 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 obstruct the understanding of the scriptures and, and, and owning of the scriptures, all those obstacles must be removed. And therefore, as we said, this is a process of renunciation. Renunciation of the obstacles, the inner obstacles in the form of lust or greed or anger or whatever all these passions or impulses are there which in fact come in the come in my way of focusing my mind of concentrating my mind or of understanding the subtle meaning of the scriptures so these obstacles have been removed <coughs> so pavanani manishram so these karmas these activities actions in fact they purify the intelligent people <coughs> so this is called purification, removal of the negative tendencies and also acquisition of the positive tendencies. 
And therefore, of course, how long should we do this, O Lord? This is to be done forever. Some people believe it should be done forever. As I said, the Mimamsakas, the Pura Mimamsakas believe that you should never give up the enjoined action. Therefore, they do not accept what we call sannyasa, renunciation of duties, they can never accept. So there are those thinkers in India who never accepted the renunciation of duty. They said the duty is something to be performed until as long as you are alive. But Lord Krishna does not say that. The Vedantin doesn't say that. Aravakshor Muneyogam Karma Karana Muchade. The one who wants to climb the horse of yoga, for him the Karma Yoga is the means. That is, if you want a state of mind which enjoys the focus, which enjoys the contemplativeness, then Karma Yoga is a means. Yoga Rudhasita Seva Shamah Karana Muchade. When you attain a certain maturity of the mind, when now you find that all you need, the only priority that you have is pursuit of knowledge, that nothing else bothers you. That even being in the midst of the sense pleasures, they do not create in you any temptations. And also there is no sense of guilt also that I have, or no other desires left in you to make other accomplishments. So thus when the mind is free from what we call the bhoga buddhi or the tendency to enjoy things or seek pleasures. So when the pleasure-seeking tendencies are gone from the mind and also the need to perform your duty for purification also not needed, understand that the karma or the, the actions, the karma yoga has done its job <coughs> and then they should be dropped. But until then it should be performed and so until one becomes prepared for pursuit of knowledge. It's not easy. Do you think it is easy to live in the Guru Kulam all the time? It's nice to come for a week and a, in a year, or two weeks maybe, three weeks, six weeks. Swamiji, Vedanta is coming out of my ears, you know, then ultimately you get saturated with that. Every day, when we come to Guru Kulam, the food is excellent, you know, that's all right, because you are, you are campers. But, you know, when you go to any ashrams on a daily basis, the, the, you know, when, when the visitors are there, guests are there, and then there is one thing. And when the, 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 what we call the inmates are there, you know. <laughs> inmates mean the regular residents are there. Our place is okay, but sometimes in the, for residents, the food is of a different kind, you know. And so then slowly and slowly things start pinching, you know. The chapati is like that, and dal is like that, and the spice is like that, and Heating is not proper, it is warm here, it is humid here. There is no entertainment, there is no TV, there is nothing. Now and then I like to eat a slice of pizza, you know. But in Gurukulam that's all, it's, it's all right here that you have motor cars and you can go out at will and then have what you want. But otherwise, if you are a resident in a Gurukulam, then you live a life of austerity, a life of penance. So, it is not easy to live that kind of life. In, 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 in India, in the state of Gujarat, we have been saying that we have what we call the silent retreats. You can go to a place and spend time in silence, in just one room, and observe silence for one week, the whole week. Just stay in there, don't go out, don't talk, no company, nothing. Then you have some books, or you can carry some books with you if you like, and you can meditate, you can pray, you can do, repeat the name of God, whatever you want. And they will bring food to you twice a day. And take over the plates also. 
and thus provide all facilities. People go there. But sometimes people go there in two days, they get just, you know, it, they have to come out. They can't stay in there. So, how can you stay within one room? There's not even enough light there. And what to do? And so you become restless. And you have to, you have to get out. It is not easy to be quiet, not easy to remain in one place, not easy to study and contemplate all the time, you know. So that is what we call preparation. So when the mind becomes prepared like that, then you enjoy that. Suppose you enjoy the study, you enjoy thinking about Vedanta, you enjoy thinking about God, you enjoy repeating His name, you enjoy that. Then there is no problem. There are some nice verses which tell us that, you know. In the in Bhagavatam it is said, how long one should keep performing the duties? When do you know that you are ready? Tavat karmaya kurveda nandirvidyedayavata So long one should keep on performing one's duty as long as the vairagya has not arisen. Vairagya meaning the freedom from raga and dvesha. And therefore a freedom from the need for seeking pleasures. A freedom from need for any emotional support. And so when one has become free from these things, that is called vairagya. Until then, this karma must be continued. Or matkatha shravanadova shraddhaya vannajayate Oh, Lord Krishna says in Bhagavatam that until you start until you start enjoying listening to my glories and reading about it, thinking about me. So if you if you start enjoying thinking about me, Lord Krishna says, read listening to my glories, thinking about my glories, and repeating my name. If you start if you are enjoying them, understand that now you are independent. The idea is that one should gain an independence. That for one's pleasure of mind or happiness of mind, one is not dependent upon anything other than oneself or at the most one's books, that's all. Gnanishtovraptova madbhaktovana pekshakaha or you gain an abidance in knowledge, or you gain that bhakti of the devotion in the Lord, or you become totally free from any expectations or demands. So when that state of mind is reached, until then the karma yoga, the karma must be performed. In fact, he said that you should not give the work, you know. Na karma yogi karma Yogi should not give up the karma, work or action. Action will give him up. So na karma yogi. A yogi meaning a spiritual aspirant should not give up the performance of his duties. Karma He will be given up by the duty. That means the duty will drop off. There is a need to perform the actions will drop off. So until then, so when Lord Krishna says that this must be done. How long should it be done? Until the preparation for knowledge takes place. When you are prepared for the knowledge. When all you need is just the knowledge and nothing else. You are happy studying. You are happy contemplating. You are happy. I have seen people. From morning to noon, that's what they do. Many people will attend our classes and then they retire. And they cannot come to the classes anymore also. Become old. This man from morning, he had Bhagavad Gita. Six different kinds of commentary in Bhagavad Gita. And you read a verse and all different commentaries and think about it and just enjoy it. Any visitor comes, that's all he has to talk about. He doesn't need to visit anybody. If anybody needs to visit him, this is what he hears. 
you can see him reveling in the Bhagavad Gita. Think that's it. If you if that is that has happened, you are ready to renounce the action. That means you are ready to give up the action. Because now you become a contemplative person. You enjoy the very contemplation. You enjoy the very thinking, very studying, contemplating. <coughs> until so until that frame of mind happens, the purification process must go on and these daily obligate duties are meant for purification of mind. <coughs> But then Lord Krishna says, even these actions also, some qualification is given in the sixth verse. Etanyapitu karmani, etanyapitu karmani, sangam chaktva phalani cha, sangam chaktva phalani cha, kartavyani trime partha, kartavyani trime partha, nischitam matamuttamam, Etani apitu karmani, even these actions also. These are the religious actions. These are the so performing worship is a religious action. Giving charity is a religious action. And performing austerity is also other religious actions. So these are the daily enjoying religious duties that a person performs. Lord Krishna says even these religious duties also, etani even these religious duties also, sangam tektva phalani tektva kartavyani, even this also must be performed by giving up the attachment as well as hankering for the result. It is possible that we may perform these religious duties also with a desire to earn some merit. I am giving this charity that will create for me a certain punya or a virtue because of which I will get a place in heavens. I am observing this fast. I am, I am observing these austerities and that will also will accumulate some punya or the virtue for me and thus I will get some pleasure or happiness in future. I am performing this yajna, performing these forms of worship and that will please the God and by His grace I will get whatever benefits. So, these religious actions also can be performed for the sake of material benefit. And they, they are being performed, they can be performed. You can perform Lord, Pujar, Lord Dakshinamurti, Lord Dakshinamurti, please bless me, so that my son may get admission in medical school, something like that. You can always seek, nothing wrong in it. And usually when you perform the actions, some of, some of these desires are there. In fact, very often you make contract with the God. You know that all life, such and such thing happens, then I will chant a particular prayer hundred times, you know. Or I will repeat this name ten thousand times, if this happens. Usually we require him to do his job first, and then we do the other thing, you know. So if, if you do this, then this is what I will do. Some people do it first and hope that he will do his job. But the point is that even these religious duties also can be performed with a result in mind, with a reward in mind, a personal reward. <coughs> There's nothing wrong in it, it's quite alright. It is quite in order that you perform the prayers and worship with a desire to gain a certain result. Nothing wrong in it. 
But as we said, that is still making contact with the Lord, it's quite alright, but that is not a spiritual life. So there can be a religious person, but he may not be a spiritual person. It is good to be a religious person, but it's better to be both religious and a spiritual person. So therefore Lord Krishna says that these actions will become really, become means to my spiritual growth when they are performed sangam tektva phalanicha sangha. Sangha means the attachment. In this sense, attachment here means that so aham evam karomiti that I am doing this a certain amount of uh, a certain amount of pride that is involved or a certain amount of strong identification that is involved while the action is being performed that I am the one who is doing it. I am responsible for doing this action. It is my ability, it is my knowledge, it is my skill, it is my resources because of which this action is being performed. So when the action is being performed there can be this kind of consciousness or this kind of a notion that it is I who is doing it and therefore I am responsible for this action. I take the credit for performing this action. Lord Krishna says that I did better that that also should be given up. Even when I am performing a religious action, that I am performing, say in the spirit of humility may perform an action. Even a good action that is performed also should be performed in the spirit of humility. Even when I am giving charity, the consciousness that I am doing something, Swamiji, I am helping the people, I am helping this, I am doing this, nothing wrong with it, you are doing it. But better would be that, Swamiji, it was my privilege to do this. So when giving the charity, for example, so in, in Taitya Upanishad said, Shraddhayadayam, Ashraddhayadayam, Shriyadayam, Kriyadayam, Bhyadayam, Samvidadayam. So when you even, when you give charity also, may you feel that it is your privilege to give to somebody. That somebody in fact obliged you by stretching his hand, otherwise how can you give to somebody? So in order for me to receive, my hand must be lower than the person who is giving me something. So one who gives his hand is higher, one who receives his hand is lower. And so somebody accepted to stretch out his hand and place it at a level lower than your hand, then alone I could give something. So even when I give something, it requires the cooperation. I should say that it requires a support, it requires in fact the support of the other person and therefore Lord, then the scriptures say that the person who is giving should feel privilege. That it is my privilege, my honor that I am able to give, that somebody accepted to receive it from me, that I had the opportunity or the honor to be in a position that I could give. Because Lord has given me, otherwise how can I give? And so, this kind of sense, you know, this kind of humility, so recognition of the realities of life that I am what I am on account of, as we said, whatever privileges I am enjoying, whatever support that I am receiving, and therefore, not even considering the resources and abilities I have as owned by me, but that they are all gifts given to me, and therefore, I am returning these gifts. So this is what we will call a spirit of humility. This is what is meant by Sangam Tektva, giving of the attachment, giving the sense of ownership, even while you are making offerings. <coughs> and 
Halanicha, as we said in the morning, also give the attachment to the result, attachment to the reward. That result bring is has two elements, the result has two aspects. One is what we call the the physical aspect, the visible aspect. That I perform an action and this is the result. And that will come according to the law of karma. But there is an unseen aspect also that result also brings a certain personal reward for me. And that is in terms of giving me some recognition, giving me some, you know, satisfying my ego. And so that is the subtle aspect of it, unseen aspect of it. And Lord Krishna says, give up attachment to that. That means, may you perform an action not as a means of satisfying your ego, perform an action not seeking some kind of a personal reward, personal recognition, personal benefit, but then do it for the sake of performing the action. <coughs> These things are all very easily said, they are extremely, if you try to do that, extremely difficult to do. This karma yoga is not an easy thing. But then that's all right. It, it is not easy meaning that what it requires is my tendencies of holding on to things, my tendencies of possession, my tendencies, my insecurities basically. What comes in the way is always my insecurity because I lack, I do not know that I will really get the reward or not. Lord Krishna assures that you will get the reward. Leave it to me. But I want to make sure that I get it. You know, and therefore, uh, leave the reward to me. And the reward doesn't have to be always in the sense of the gratification of ego. There can be even a superior reward. Then what reward will this bring in? Pavanani manishanam. If I do not ask for reward, does it mean I don't get the reward? You get. What is it? That is the purification of the mind. This purification also is of two kinds, by the way. See, when I perform these religious actions, then I get punya. Punya means a virtue. And because that, that qualifies me to gain some pleasures or happiness in future or happiness in heavens. Even that also requires certain purification of mind. Because, you know, to enjoy things also we require a certain kind of mind. To enjoy the means of pleasure that we have also, we require a mind that enjoys certain points, certain sensitivity. So that is the result of performing good action, that you get that sensitivity, that poise, so that you can enjoy things. But if I perform an action without expectation of any reward, like that also, then I get purification of different kind. That's the purification that is a means of knowledge. So therefore the scriptures talk of two kinds of purification. One is the purification that qualifies me to go to heavens and enjoy the pleasures there. And second is the purification that prepares me for the knowledge. And therefore when I do not ask for any kind of reward, it is the second kind of purification, what we call antahakana shuddhi, inner purification, freedom from the attachment and aversion, all of this purification I get. And that is a reward that you do get. But that is not a tangible reward. It is not something that you see, but that's a reward that you get. So, etanyabhidu karmani sangam tektva phalani cha kartavyani. Even these religious actions also should perform, giving up this strong sense of identification, as well as also the attachment or demand for the reward. <coughs> Iti, this is where Lord Krishna differs from the Mimamsakas. See, in the third verse, in the second line it was said, Yajnidana tapah karma natyajyamini chapare. Other thinkers say that the actions called yajna, dana and tapah should never be given up. 
But they do not say that the actions we perform with what attitude? Because Mimamsakas believe that you must perform an action with a desire for the result. Then alone action becomes fruitful. In, they say that you must perform an action with a desire for result. For a reward. What does Lord Krishna say? Perform these actions without the expectation of reward. That's where he differs from the Mimamsakas. That even the religious actions we perform without the expectation of reward, such as heavens, etc., and do that. That is when they will be conducive to what we call moksha, because by giving us the inner purification. Iti nischitam matam uttamam. This is my firm and uttamam, best conclusion. So, Lord Krishna thus qualifies the performance of yajnadana tapaha by saying that the attachment as well as the demand should be given up and perform these actions. <coughs> As we said, what we have to do, anyway this will again come subsequently, but uh, as I just said, giving up attachment or giving up a reward, is the, the expectation of reward is not easy at all. In the smallest thing also our mind expects rewards. A little thing that I do also, there is expectation. These days when a teenager even mows a lawn, you know, in the, in the house, then he expects that he will get ten dollars, you know, whatever it is. So, I hear everything works, you know, that way. But the idea is that the expectation of a reward is always there. And even if I don't express it, it is there in some way. Some kind of recognition, some appreciation. And Lord Krishna recognizes that expectation as the source of all disappointments in my life. And we'll talk about it further when the occasion comes. So, Lord Krishna said, Nishchitam matamuttvam, this is my firm and the best conclusion that perform this daily and incidental obligatory duties and they also perform without a demand for the reward as well as without a strong sense of identification when you perform the action. Ideally, one can say that I am doing this because God is doing it through me. I am nothing but an instrument in the hands of the Lord. And therefore, that's what a devotee will say. Very humble. He knows that there is Lord that is doing who is doing everything. I am just an instrument in his hands. <coughs> so, with reference to Tyaga or renunciation, Lord Krishna promised that, I will tell you what is my firm conclusion. The firm conclusion has been given here. That renunciation is not renunciation of action, but renunciation of attachment and the demand for the reward. Then also said, Tyagohi Purushavyagra Trividaha Samprakirtidaha. Oh, lion or tiger among the men, that the Tyaga renunciation is said to be threefold. And that's what now, what Lord Krishna proceeds to explain. What is this threefold renunciation? You may give up the action, but then renunciation also is threefold. And that is Sattvic, Rajas, and Tamas. So many categories will be now described by, defined, will be, by, will be, be categorized by Lord Krishna as Sattvic, Rajas and Tamas. So just to remind you, the Sattva, Rajas and Tamas, these three dispositions of mind, so we'll just... One is called Sattva, 
Other is called Rajas. And third is called Tamas. Sattva stands for light, clarity, tranquility. self-acceptance. So when the mind is sattvic, then this is what we find. The mind is light meaning that there is a clarity in the mind and therefore whatever perceptions and knowledge that takes place, the mind has a very good grasping power, is able to grasp, is able to retain, is able to understand also the subtle meaning of what is being told to us. There is a clarity of thinking, clarity of understanding, tranquility, mind enjoys tranquility, freedom from distractions or disturbances or conflicts, cheerfulness, there is inner pleasure, and therefore there is a self-acceptance. This is the sattvic disposition of mind. Rajas is Rajas agitations, and desires, greed, activity, restlessness, <coughs> that is rajas. And tamas is dullness, darkness, laziness, So this is the tamas. However, traditionally sattva is indicated, denoted by the color white, rajas denoted by the color red, and tamas denoted by the color black. So this was all discussed in the 14th chapter of the Gita. And in the 17th also the categories were made by Lord Krishna. And in 18th chapter also there is a continuation of the thought. Sattva, rajas and tamas. And what we want to do is transform the tamas tendency is to rajas and rajas to sattva. This is what we want. So when the mind is either the influence of tamas, then it's dull. There's no initiative at all. There's no inspiration, no initiative. You don't feel like doing anything at all. Nothing inspires you, nothing motivates you. So in tamas there is lack of motivation. And so person will not do anything. So this person is told, if you don't perform any duty, you cannot maintain your body. If you don't perform any duty, you will suffer. So there is a certain threat given to him. A certain, you know, fear is created in this mind of person and he is made to do things. So the scriptures say that you must perform your daily and incidental obligatory duties. Akarane pattivaya to fail to perform your duties, you will suffer the consequences. And that's how, how you create desire in this person. The best thing to do is also to create temptation. Therefore in the Vedas also, lots of what we call Arsavada. And so results of the actions are praised. You know, there is something called heaven. And what kind of pleasure, there are descriptions of heaven and such things. And so this person now is, gets motivated because he wants heaven, he wants pleasure. And it's motivate him and make him perform action. 
And so, to I mean, moved from tamas to rajas is by activity. <coughs> Otherwise, this fellow is inactive. But to make him active, once he becomes rajas person, not an activity, but activity that desire prompted activities. He wants more and more. He wants to possess more. He wants to enjoy more. And he never gets satisfaction with what he has, and therefore, even more he gets, more he wants, because that is greed. This is rajas. Now we know that he is now ready for being transformed to sattva. So he's a lot of energy now, a lot of motivation is there, but then to achieve and acquire and enjoy and control and command, and thus this is what he wants. He's an aggressive person, he's an outgoing person. Rajas. Now what do we do? Now we have to make him a spiritual person. So we say that perform your activities, giving up the attachment for the reward. Perform your actions with what we call the selfless motive, not for your selfish reasons, but for in the spirit of offering. So this is where yoga comes in. Karma yoga is not for this fellow. For Thomas, there is no karma yoga yet because he's not ready. For him, there is just karma. And also the the action that brings about reward. So action motivated by the desire for reward is for the person who has his tamas. But then for the rajas person, the action is perform an action without expectation of reward. Perform action in the spirit of offering. So karma yoga. And karma yoga slowly makes him a sattvic person. As this, this tendencies of greed, the attachment, aversion, etc. goes, he becomes a sattvic person. He becomes a tranquil person and contemplary person, and thus becomes fit for knowledge. So this is scheme. And Bhagavad Gita starts with rajas, basically. Although now and then we hear, in Lord Krishna does mention what happens to a person who does not participate. But basically, it is addressed to a person who has rajas, who has energy, who has abilities. And we should channelize and manage that. Those energies then become the means for his inner growth. So far he's using the energies for his outer growth, and motivate him to use the energies for the inner growth. So this is how sattva, rajas and How do we know what kind of a mind do I have? That depends upon what motivations I have. And therefore Lord Krishna will tell us now different things. So to begin with, tyaga or renunciation. So when a sattvic person renounces, how does he renounce? When a person with rajas he renounces, how does he renounce? When a person with tamas he renounces, how does he renounce? That's how, by categorizing renunciation as tamas, rajas and sattva, also we are told the disposition of mind and what we should do. So, so Lord Krishna says, Tyagohi purusha vyagra trividaha samprakirtidaha. Here, Arjuna, the tyaga renunciation also is said to be threefold. It is this threefold here, sattvic, rajas and tamas. <coughs> Lord Krishna begins with describing the Tyaga done by a Tamas person in the seventh verse. Niyatasyatu sanyasaha Niyatasyatu sanyasaha Karma no papadyade Karma no papadyade Mohatasya parityagaha Mohatasya parityavaha tamasah parikirtitaha tamasah parikirtitaha 
निर्दस्तु कर्मण संन्यास न उपभोगते सो लॉर्ड कृष्णा से इज बट रिनाउंसिएशन अबैंडनिंग दैट इज नॉट अबैंडनिंग योर एंजॉयिंग ड्यूटी इज नॉट जस्टिफाइड एट ऑल दिस इज सेड इन रेफरेंस टू पीपल हु सेड दैट एक्शन इज नो रोल टू प्ले इन स्पिरिचुअल परस्यूड एंड लाइफ दे मस्ट बी अबैंडन और अर्जुन हियर इन रेफरेंस टू भगवत गीता आल्सो इज रेड अबैंडन इज एक्शन is not so much renunciation i mean you know he just wants to abandon because he doesn't see the value of the action so there are some people who don't understand how valuable the karma or the action is or the duty is in terms of one's own growth and therefore not recognizing the contribution that duty has to make by karma you should understand duty by enjoying action or the enjoying duties and so not recognizing the value of the contribution that a duty makes in my life a person abandons it let's go moha tasya parityagah moha means out of delusion what is delusion moha means avivekah seeing something which is not there like where there is rope seeing it as a snake is called moha similarly also what is useful to see that as not useful so what is valuable to see that as without a value is also moha and what is not valuable to see that is valuable also is moha or viveka similarly also this karma is a very valuable thing so lord krishna says karma or the action the privilege of a human being is something very valuable not only it is valuable in terms of acquiring the material things but it is very valuable in terms of the spiritual growth as well and so person understands the value that the karma has with reference to achieving the material things which arjuna also understood he knew that even fighting this battle will be able to acquire for him the victory and kingdom and power and everything that goes with it but when he he was not interested in that he said i am not interested in karma not recognizing that the karma can also give rise to something else in, namely antakar shuddhi or the inner purification so not recognizing this value of action or karma or the duty rather that it can become a means of my inner purification and this can take me or enable me to move in the direction of my goal which is moksha so moksha means that freedom and that freedom is something to be something to be owned something to be discovered something to be recognized by removing whatever it is that weighs that freedom and that karma yoga is first step of removing the obstacles to the manifestation of freedom and that's how karma the duty is so important not recognizing that मोहात्स्य परित्याग एबेंडनिंग दैट यू नो और गिविंग अप दैट एक्शन इज तामस परिकीर्ति दैट कैंड ऑफ त्याग और एनाउंसिएशन एबेंडनमेंट इज कॉल तामस दैट इज बोर्न आउट ऑफ तमस सो पर्सन इज तमस मीन्स द वन हु अंडरस्टैंड थिंग्स क्वाइट कॉन्ट्री टू वॉट दे आर सो धर्म इज लुक्ड अपॉन इज धर्म यूजफुल इज लुक्ड अपॉन इज यूजलेस एंड यूजलेस इज लुक्ड अपॉन इज यूजफुल दिस इज कॉल तमस and that for people not understanding the value of karma they abandon it and that kind of renunciation is tamasah one of tamas one of delusion <coughs> okay om purnamada purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya purnameva avashishyate शांति 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 शंकर शंकराचार्य 
केशवं वादरायणं सूत्रभाष्यकृतौ वन्दे भगवन्तौ पुनः पुनः ईश्वरो गुरुरात्मेदे मूर्तिभेद विभागिने व्योमवद्व्याप्तदेहाय दक्षिणामूर्तये नमः ओम शांति 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 हरि ओम श्री गुरुभ्यो